welcome back to another episode of the Pod Cuddle Podcast. Uh, excited to be back with all of you again this week and uh, back on a Monday and get back on a regular routine. Tyler, today's show is going to be fun. We, uh, we went out and, and talked to the community. We said, hey, what do you guys want to hear about? What's, what's interesting to you? And one of the biggest topics that came up was Prometheus, uh, the kind of monitoring project that has just taken off like crazy. So uh, excited to be talking about Prometheus today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a as an old uh, operations head, um, I get a little bit excited for some good monitoring or logging. So uh, the, the excitement around Prometheus is, is pretty crazy, and it'll be great to uh, have this discussion. So we're going to do this one a little bit differently than we have in the past. Uh, it'll be a similar pod cuddle show like we've always done, um, but we're kind of pairing it up with another thing. So we got a chance, to, we're going to get a chance to talk to Julius Voles, who's one of the original creators of Prometheus. And we're going to kind of break up the discussion we're having with him into two sections. So we're going to do one of the shows as pod cuddle here with him. Uh, we're really going to kind of cover the the basics, the the architecture behind Prometheus, um, kind of his design philosophy, the community design philosophy. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to do kind of a follow-up show that we had a follow-up conversation with him. It'll be over on the Cloudcast. So my other podcast, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes when it comes around. And we're going to really dive into Prometheus 2.0. And the reason we're breaking it up into two shows is Prometheus 2.0 is going to go out the door uh, here in a couple of weeks, right around November 1st or 2nd or something. Uh, both uh, Julius and the CNCF has asked us to sort of hold off because um, there's going to be a bunch of marketing information and, and press releases and stuff, and they're going to get into the details of what's in that release. So this will give you a chance to dig into Prometheus, you know, kind of get the basics of it if you don't know it. And then here in a couple of weeks, we will uh, we'll send out the link to the other show as well. So a couple of great conversations we're going to have with Julius about kind of what he's learned around this space, what the community's learned, and then uh, here in a couple of weeks, how it's going to kind of grow and expand. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with the uh, cross-show promotion here we uh, have going on here. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, we've got a, a lot of listeners. We're up to, I think, almost almost 2,000 listeners now. So excited about that. Thank you, as, every, as always, to everybody who listens and gives us feedback. So why don't we go ahead and, and get to the interview? Sounds great. So welcome to the show, Julius Voss, who is one of the co-creators of the Prometheus Project, one of the um, now official CNCF projects or CNCF project for quite a while. And um, really what's becoming kind of the de facto monitoring uh, project and, and tool and application for containers. So welcome to the show. Hi there. How's it going? Really good. So, you know, you, you know, you, you created this, you created Prometheus a couple of years ago when you were working at SoundCloud. So kind of following in this trend, we're seeing where web scale companies are, you know, building out cool technologies because they have to, and then bring them back to, to open source. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what were some of the core challenges you guys were trying to solve back at SoundCloud, um, just around containers and around big distributed systems and scale and stuff that, that led you to build out Prometheus? Yeah, the Prometheus origin story. So um, SoundCloud was special back then. It was 2012 and they had a container scheduler that they had built completely by themselves based on raw LXC containers. Uh, Docker didn't exist yet. Kubernetes didn't exist yet. None of that world really happened, had made it into the open source world yet. Yet SoundCloud had such a dynamic environment already. And they scheduled hundreds of or thousands of microservice instances on that dynamically every day, floating around, changing hosts and ports and all that. And the existing monitoring tools that we had back then were uh, StatsD and Graphite for recording time series. And then separately, completely as a as a its own thing, Nagios for alerting. And those tools were not really cutting it anymore for this new dynamic world in terms of the, the lack of dimensionality in the data model, the query language in Graphite, uh, being able to really collect very detailed 
data so that you can drill down, but also aggregate up nicely and do computations. Inefficiencies in the storage of graphite, graphite and uh, Nagios not being very simple to run, especially in the HB4 Docker. And the kind of complete lack of awareness of these systems uh, that they are monitoring some dynamic system and they didn't really know, you know, graphite or, or Nagios didn't really know what should be there in the world, right? So... SoundCloud was down a lot and we were trying to make it better and we couldn't really find out, you know, when there was a problem, what exactly it was. So as a response, we had seen how Google did its own monitoring in this kind of dynamic environment. And we were inspired by that and basically thought, hey, we should have some kind of open source solution that is similar to that and eventually started building Prometheus first in our free time and then introduced it at SoundCloud and uh, yeah, eventually it became useful. So for people that are new, you know, we have uh, we have a pretty wide range of uh, audience to this podcast, and and there's a good number of them that are that are just getting into containers and Kubernetes and that kind of thing. So uh, they're probably new to Prometheus as well. So at you know at a, at a pretty basic level, uh, what can it do for you know in the construct of of containers and container orchestrators and applications? Like what can it do from a from a monitoring perspective? Yeah, so some things it does were done by systems before, like it collects time series, it pulls time series metrics from instrumented targets. Instrumented means your applications or something in front of it exposes metrics about those things you care about. It collects them, it stores them, makes them queryable. Um, in that query language, you can use it either for diagnostics, for dashboards, or even in a unified way also for alerting. And the new thing is, so you can monitor completely old and static environments with that, that's fine, but it adds certain things that make it work better in dynamic environments. It handles very well short-lived time series that contain in their identifier kind of either the, the pod they come from, the container they come from, or whatever other kind of short-lived entity um, that kind of tells you this metrics comes from that thing. And it, it, it deals well with that even under change, under churn, as these things come and go pretty quickly. It also integrates, very importantly, with service discovery. Um, Prometheus has support for 10 different kinds, roughly, of service discovery methods, whether it's just plain DNS or Zookeeper or console, or something that is part of your cluster orchestrator, like Kubernetes service discovery, where Prometheus knows all the time what pods and what services and endpoints should be running on the cluster as part of what you declaratively uh, specified to, to the Kubernetes cluster, right? And then Prometheus just talks to the Kubernetes API server, knows all the time what should be there, and can tell you if it is not able to reach one of those things and cannot pull metrics from it. And then you can alert on that or, you know, use that in, in other uh, kinds of ways. And yeah, so so this way it, it really just fits well together with this dynamically scheduled world and still at the same time knowing what should be there and what the world should look like, which is important for a monitoring system. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, <clears> if you think about, yeah, you know, the, the old days of, yeah, yeah, web server one, two, three went down. Let's look at the logs for web server one, two, three versus this web service. And there's, you know, a hundred containers behind it, pods running and whichever one was actually is causing you problems. You may not know, but having that, 
that uh, that ability to understand, you know, what the services look like and and how they correlate to be able to, you know, make any sense of the data. You you mentioned uh, alerting. What what types of things? So besides, like you said, the 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 time series data and rolling it up and and that type of stuff. What other things can it trigger? What else can you use Prometheus to to take action then based on things that are that are happening in the environment? Yeah, I think it's normally it's just normal alerting. Um, I think the the special thing with Prometheus is that it really integrates everything under one hood, collecting time series, but then also alerting on them. Um, so we had that separately before with StatsD and Graphite for, for time series and then Nagios for alerting. Um, and Prometheus is really about unifying all those things. Collect everything as a time series first, even if it's just Booleans or state variables and st- things like that, they get stored really efficiently. And then use the same query language to formulate alerts on that. And these alerts can either then reach a human through PagerDuty, Slack, or other notification mechanisms, or you could automate things using them um, by sending a webhook. So that's a way you could trigger something that doesn't directly go to a human, but potentially autocorrect something or, you know, something like this. So let's understand the kind of the relationship between Kubernetes and and Prometheus. So we know some of the basic things that Kubernetes does, uh, you know, by default in terms of scheduling jobs and placing containers and uh, you know, it has some concepts around services. Where does Prometheus fit in there? Is this something that, uh, you know, you use as sort of a, a sidecar that, that will fit in the same pod with, with the current application? Do you, do you typically just run it as its own application and, uh, you know, you, you redirect standard out from the containers to, like, what's, what's the typical kind of relationship between applications running on uh, Kubernetes in those containers and, and you know, working with Prometheus or, or Prometheus collecting data from them? Prometheus is not just one component, it's an ecosystem. And so it kind of depends which part you're looking at. Um, the Prometheus server, which actually collects the data, stores it, makes it queryable, that is a single node thing. It's explicitly not clustered to keep it simple and reliable. So you just run that as a completely normal pod, potentially with like some backing volume uh, for persistence. But then to actually get the metrics out of the processes that you care about, there's like there's two approaches basically. Uh, either you directly put an HTTP endpoint into your application that you want to get metrics out of, and you use one of the Prometheus client libraries to expose metrics directly about what's happening inside your application. Those are the best kind of metrics. Or you have a system which you cannot really do that to, like a MySQL daemon or so. So you would run a sidecar in those pods as a separate container next to MySQL daemon. For example, you would run the MySQL D exporter, and exporters are these processes that... Prometheus can pull metrics from, but in the background, they actually pull from the the thing you actually care about. So the MySQL daemon exporter would be scraped and synchronously at the same time get the the actual metrics that are current to to the MySQL daemon running right next to it. It makes sense. So it really depends on the application, how much control you have to get level or you're sort of proxying. So it makes sense. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there is also the alert manager, which is a separate component. You can run it as a highly available cluster also on Kubernetes. Um, and then Prometheus talks to that and the alert manager does the actual dispatching of notifications. So it groups the alerts together. It uh, kind of makes sure they don't get sent like again and again. If they have already been sent, you can silence things there. 
Um, and that gets deployed as a separate thing that Prometheus talks to. Uh, obviously, you said the the foundings, you know, you create this based on, you know, these, as Brian was mentioned, web scale type problems uh, at, at SoundCloud. Um, but obviously, this this makes sense, you know, no, no matter what your size, size is, right? Even the smallest companies need monitoring and time series data and alerting and things like that. What are What are some example use cases that people use for, you know, maybe even some very complex ones or some some pretty simple ones that people are using that you've seen, you know, being very successful Prometheus to maybe give our listeners some idea of like, oh, I never thought about I would use it for that too. That makes sense. Great question. So the good thing about Prometheus is that it is a system that scales down really well. So there are even people running it on their Raspberry Pi at home and just monitoring their home network. And then it scales all the way up to people like Cloudflare who have hundreds of Prometheus servers managing, uh, monitoring their planet scale edge network with that. Um, so you have those kind of use cases. Generally, typical use cases are, you know, anyone with a Kubernetes cluster wanting to either get cluster level state metrics about their Kubernetes cluster itself, about container resource usage metrics, or about application specific metrics directly pulling from those applications. Um, that's kind of a very typical use case. And then you have um, all kinds of, you have smaller companies, bigger companies, more traditional ones, more startup-y ones using it. You have, for example, the Deutsche Bahn, the German railway company is putting the node exporters, like a systems metrics exporter, on every digital sign in every German railway station, which is like many tens of thousands of signs, and they're going to monitor it centrally with Prometheus. That's a kind of a funky use case. And then you have uh, you have traditional uh, organizations like the New York Times or Walmart starting to use Prometheus. Um, you have even parts of Google using it for some things. So it's really varied and, and you know ranges from the tiniest use cases to the largest ones. Uh, one funny use case was presented at PromCon, the Prometheus conference, where someone uh, monitored the humidity, temperature, and air pressure in their home for a while because they had mold and they wanted to get rid of the mold. Oh, wow. <laughs> so helping, helping lives out there. So... You know, we, we, we've talked a little bit about it. Obviously, we'll put some links in the show notes to, you know, where people can, can download the software and, uh, you know, different companies are starting to to offer it as a service and, and so forth. What do you find? I know you, you get a chance to work with a lot of companies that are that are rolling it out, that are designing it. What are you finding are kind of the best resources for somebody who's new to this and, and wants to learn more about it or, or things that you've created to help people learn it? Yeah, so um, the official website is just Prometheus.io. I think it is a pretty good intro. It has a little getting started section, but uh, many uh, many of the sections are a bit referency, so they're not really for learning, you know, with examples so much. Um, if you're more into the learning by example, uh, there is a company by Brian Brazel, one of our core contributors. He founded a company, Robust Perception, which provides consulting, support, and training around Prometheus. And that is at robustperception.io. And there's a blog where he blogs pretty much weekly about different Prometheus topics, little cookbooks, little recipes, little tricks, little little insights, and stuff like that. Um, so that's a good thing to, to check out. Um, on YouTube, we have had uh, so we have had two installments of the Prometheus conference, PromCon already, and we recorded all the talks uh, of those conferences. So you can find those if you search for PromCon on on YouTube as well, and and they have great value as well. Okay. 
Well, very good. That's uh, so, so we'll get all the links to those things, folks. You don't have to remember those. We'll get them in the show notes so you can go find them. And uh, like you said, lots of good talks. I assume uh, that you guys, even though uh, PromCon goes on, you will also be at uh, KubeCon here in a few weeks in, uh, in Austin in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, some of us will be there. Uh, I will sadly not be. Um, the The one thing about Prometheus is that it's pretty Europe heavy. It started in Berlin and many of the core contributors are still in Europe. So, so we don't always make it over the pond, unfortunately, but I, I would love to be there. Well, great. Julius, thank you so much for the time today, giving folks an introduction and uh, definitely something that um, a lot of people are looking at as, as becoming kind of the default monitoring tool for Kubernetes and, like you said, uh, a lot of different systems. So uh, excited, to, uh, excited to give a chance to talk to you today, and uh, thanks so much for your time.